Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. Uh, this morning, uh, I couldn't be happier how God works out His uh, schedule. I don't really have a preaching schedule. Uh, some I was taught how to do that in seminary, and I've really never done it. Um, you know, we, we just kind of let the Word of God uh, set the pace, and we uh, uh, know Easter's on the calendar, and Christmas is always coming. Uh, but uh, it just kind of flows out. And, and this morning, we get to talk about weeds, weeds, and uh, springtime weeds, Tehachapi, it all flows together. Uh, and I, I was thinking about this, and, uh, and one of the things that you may or may not know about uh, farming, but one of the ways to uh, control weeds is just to till the ground, to just continue to till the ground. And over time, uh, the weeds will not be able to germinate, and they'll, you can eradicate weeds uh, on your property. <laughs> Sounds kind of weird, you know, right? To think of there being no weeds on your property. And, and yet, you know, in the uh, this is organic farming this morning we're talking about here, okay? It just continue. This is what they do in organic farming. This is one of the ways they control weeds. We had a man in our church a while back, and he sh- showed me the fields. Uh, he worked some fields uh, on the backside of Mojave there, and uh, he showed me uh, a field that they just kept tilling. Uh, they were growing carrots and potatoes, and he said, this is the way we control the weeds, and I was thinking about uh, this particular method as we come to our passage this morning, uh, where we are going to look at uh, agricultural terrorism this morning, okay? Uh, it's as bad as it gets, and it is a parable of our Lord as He comes and He wants to share with His disciples, uh, with the small group of followers, what it is uh, that He wants to teach them, how He wants to grow them, how He wants to prepare them. If you would stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you, starting at verse 24. God's word says this, He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat And went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How does it have weeds? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and and gather them? But he said, no, lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first, bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. If you skip down uh, to verse 36 will pick up again and he says this then he left the crowds and went into the house and his disciples came to him saying explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field he answered uh, he answered the, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man the field is the world and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom 
the, the weeds are the sons of the evil one. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Verse 40, Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be in the end of the age. The Son of Man will send His angels, and they will gather out of His kingdom all the causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. And God, I ask your blessing on your word as we look at it. Even as Zach uh, prayed that song, um, Lord, I ask that that would be true of us, that you'd do your work in us, that we would be soil that uh, accepts your word. And that uh, becomes fruitful in the end. God, thank you for your word. May your spirit be our teacher now. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So Jesus told them a parable. He, he gave them uh, the, the, the story, if you will. And we will look at, uh, we've looked at, uh, stories in this section before, and we we skipped over a section where there's a couple more, and there's a couple more after these stories that Jesus made up. Um, some people are good at making up stories, and some people are boring. Uh, but Jesus had these purposeful stories that he created, and then he shared with his with the crowds as well as his people to teach them a lesson, and. Uh, this is what we come to this morning. The, he, he says the kingdom of heaven, my my kingdom. He's talking about uh, the book of Matthew. He's presenting his kingdom over and over again and him as king. And he says, I want to tell you about it. I want to describe to you what it's like. And he takes this picture of the sower and the seed again. Uh, he's already, we talked about in in uh, the beginning of chapter 13, the, the four soils, the, the parable of the, the sower as he sows those four, in those four different soils and the different outcomes, he goes back to the field, if you were, and he says, I want to talk more about sowing and seeds and wheat and weeds. Um, he comes to us. And so he, he tells us, he, he says, and what you need to get here, there's two sections. You notice that I, I spoke. One is he's speaking to the crowd. He's speaking to all the people that happened to be there that day. And then he explains it privately to his disciples and whoever are the other followers that they're in the house, if you will. So the crowds get the story, but the disciples get his explanation. Uh, as we come to this, we see in verse 24, he says, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. So it's the simple thing. The, the, the field is prepared. It's free of weeds. It's free of weeds. He takes the seed of wheat that he wants to sow in the field and he sows it. It's good seed. It's ready to go. He sows it so that it would bring a harvest. Um, but in verse 25, But while everyone is sleeping... His enemy comes and sows seeds among the wheat, or weeds uh, among the wheat. Can you imagine doing this? It'd be the meanest thing you could possibly do, right? 
The only thing worse in Tehachapi is if you'd water it, right? Right? Turn on their sprinklers and uh, all night long, and so it's nice and wet, and all the weeds grow really well. Um, this is the picture. You have this desiring a great crop, and so that, that seed is sown, and the one comes in in the night and sows weeds in there. And so in verse 26, you see, uh, when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, the weeds also appeared. And the, the owner's servants come and they, they got this confusion. Well, how did this happen? We had, had the field prepared and we assumed that you didn't sow weeds. Um, what happened? And uh, the answer is, in verse 28, an enemy did this. An enemy. You have in the midst of uh, this field being sown, an enemy coming to try to destroy uh, a good crop. The question comes up as you look at verse 28. The servants ask, do you want us to go pull them up? Do you want us to go weed? Do you want us to go take care of the weeds? Um, I remember we had a, a garden growing up, and we always had chores of weeding. And and I remember uh, we had these little seedlings. I don't know what kind of uh, plant they were, and but the, the weeds were just overgrown, and these little seedlings were up. And so, being um, I'm always looking for a more efficient way to do something, I'm, and so I decided I was just going to pull them all up, pull them all up and replant the seedlings. So I ripped them all out of the ground and set them aside. I cleaned the whole area, and then I replanted, and all of the seedlings died. Uh, They uh, couldn't handle my rough treatment of them. And this is the picture of what uh, the owner or the one who's sown said, "Don't, don't do that. Just let it grow. Just let it grow. What do we do? They, they assume that they would be, want to be pulled up. He says, no, because while you're pulling up the re- weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. And he says, let them both grow together until the harvest. And then I'll take care of it at the harvest. Okay. You skip down to verse 36. That is what I shared with you right there. That is the parable. And then in verse 36, he begins the explanation. What is it? What, what is the point of this story? Um, Jesus speaks the parable publicly and then privately he goes. If you look down at verse 36, you see this. It, he says, then he left the crowds. He left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came to him saying, explain the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, uh, the what and, and he does this in rapid fire. He he's identifying all the pieces of this story, and he says, "Let me explain to you. Let me identify the players and what is going on here." First of all, in verse thirty-seven, he answered, "The the one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man." Uh, that's one of Jesus' favorite self-identifications of himself. Son being connected to the Father in deity. Man being connected to mankind. And and having this connection down here uh, on the face of the earth. And it's got this beautiful picture of, of Jesus being one who came down to earth. Uh, 
deity coming down and being part of mankind. And he says, let me explain to you that this parable is me, the son of man, coming and sowing good seeds. I'm doing my work. I'm, I'm accomplishing what I want to accomplish in the midst of mankind. The sower of good seeds. And then in verse 38, the field is the world. The field is the world. As he looks upon this field, he says, that's the world. That's all the potential of people coming to know me, of people following me, of people of my kingdom. This whole world is what I display. And that is where these seeds are sown. It's interesting to me that uh, Jesus is concerned about the souls of men and women. Uh, we get so worked up about so many different things. Uh, we, we get worked up about, you know, the, the environment. We get worked up about sports. We get worked up about money. We get worked up about schedules. But Jesus looked upon the world and he never saw it as anything other than souls. He, he never saw it. In fact, you look at what's going to happen in his plan. Don't don't worry about this earth, okay? Uh, take care of it while we're here. Do your best. But I, I want to tell you, in the end, it's going to be obliterated. Uh, it, it's not, you know, your house isn't going to make it. I, I guarantee you, I don't care how, who built it, you know. You say, well, you know, I, I, I know it's built well. I, it won't withstand what's coming in the end. So you look at the world, he looks at this field, he talks about seeds and sown, and he, he looks upon this field as the world. And uh, he, he tells us the field is the world, and then in verse 38, the good seed stands for people of the kingdom. It, it's the idea, the picture, that the, as Jesus is doing his work uh, and bringing people to fruition, it's Jesus' work in people. That's what He's doing. That's what we're looking for. That's what we get excited about. That's where the harvest is. Is Jesus in the lives of individuals growing to be all that they are meant to be because of the work of Christ. Alongside of that, um, in verse 38 again, the weeds are the people of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. Okay, and this is a, this is a hard picture to get. That, that side by side, you have the work of Christ, the work of Jesus bringing about that the Messiah's doing his work, but you have an enemy wanting to do his work. In the lives of people, in the lives of people. And... This soil and these seeds are the battleground, if you will. And this morning, I, I want us to think about this. As we come together, this is true happening in our midst right now. If you can picture these rows right here being rows, rows of wheat, that in the midst of us right now, there are some of you that are the Lord is working in your life. And, and I want to tell you, there's some of you that the enemy is working in your life. It's side by side. Uh, this is how Jesus is sharing with his disciples. He's explaining that the good seed is for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one. 
And they have a different sower as well. Verse 39. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. Jesus is alive and well. We celebrated it last week. It was a great day. Uh, I was super thankful. Uh, it was this invigorating day to see all of you and many of your family members. It was thrilling to be here. Um, we celebrated that Jesus is alive. But I want to tell you this. So is the devil. He's got a work to do and he wants, he's got a desire. Um, and the battleground's right here, right here. And when I say right here, it's here, but it's in your families. It's in your families. It's in your marriage. Um, I, I want to tell you, uh, as a pastor, um, it, it's burdensome sometimes to hear of the struggles in marriage today. It, it's burdensome. Not not for me. It's it's not about me. And oh, I'm tired of hearing it. But it hurts to hear. Because your marriage is not designed for uh, a place for your selfishness to grow and for you to get your way. It's God's beautiful picture of Christ and His church. And if you take it for granted, guess what? In time, the enemy will have his way in your marriage. I want to tell you, the same is true in your kids and grandkids as well. They are not little toys that you can dress up and play with. They're not like a dog where you put them in their cage after you're tired of dealing with them, okay? They're not uh, inconveniences of life. They're your project. They're your God-designed project. And you are the ones responsible to honor the Lord in that. And if you don't, I want to tell you, the enemy is more than willing to raise your kids for you. He's more than willing to take uh, charge of your grandkids, We have an enemy who's alive and well, and he's a sower of bad seed in the midst of uh, the sower of good seeds. He says, he speaks of the harvest, and he says, the harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are the angels. He he pictures this, and I, I, I get this idea that there's a tendency for us to want to sort things out today, right? We want to sort things out and decide who should be here and who shouldn't be here and what's going on, who's working and what and how this is all coming together. And the, uh, the, the workers want to do that. But Jesus says to them, don't, don't. Uh, this is for the end. This is for the end. The harvesters will come. I will instruct the harvesters, which, by the way, aren't us. They are the angels. Uh, we, we see that Jesus... And he says, I will instruct the angels in the end to take care of this. And in verse 40, uh, you see the destiny of the weeds. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. He connects with what he'd already said in the parable. And he says, this is what's going to happen at the end of time. He speaks of the end of the age as being that time in the end where he would set everything right and fulfill his plan. He says, in the end of the age, just as they would bundle up the weeds and throw them and burn them, uh, he says, this is what I'm going to do with those that are weeds in the end of the age. And verse 41, the Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And says this of their destiny, verse 42, and will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, 
most of you who have been here for a while, uh, I don't look out passages for hell, fire, and brimstone, but there it is. There it is. This is, uh, this is the destiny of all who don't know Christ. It's the destiny. And I, I don't cheer about that, and I don't go, yeah, and they're going to get theirs. This is God's business, and this is His Son, Jesus who he willingly sacrificed so that we could extend a hand to sinners and say, come, come, you can be part of his kingdom. You can be part of his family. But if you reject, if you say, no, I got a better idea, it says of, of you that the enemy's having his way with you, that you become weeds, that you are the ones that grow up. And in the end, this is what's going to happen. The idea of this blazing furnace and the weeping and gnashing of teeth is this. It's judgment. It's judgment. It's at the end where the the farmer gets together his crops and he says, these are not worth These did not do and become what I wanted them to become. They get thrown and, and, and thrown away. This picture of weeping and gnashing of teeth is this idea that it will go on. Is that there will be this um, this difficult for us to put into uh, pictures this anguish and torment that will go on this grinding of teeth and I can't handle this on and on and on. This is what Jesus tells us will happen in the end. In the end, in the end, be careful to get that in the end. You say, well, I feel fine today. I know. I know. That's the problem for you. Is that we get this idea that if God doesn't like the way I live, live, why am I doing so well? Well, because his plan is not for today, but for in the end, the end of the age. Jesus displays this. He says, this is what will happen to the weeds. And then in verse 43, this is what will happen. This is the destiny of the wheat. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Uh, In the midst of this, in the midst of this, see verse 43. And you say, that's the destiny of the one who has been saved, made righteous through the Son of Man, Jesus. What's their destiny? It's beautiful. It's this thrilling, uh, it's this picture of beauty that says this, that forever, forever, shine like the sun. The beauty of the spring day, it will be like in your Father's kingdom forever. This is the one who has been saved. This is the one who is not touched by the enemy. This is the one who grows up to be the wheat that the the sower desired. And then as he says in other places, in regards to the parable, whoever has ears, let him hear. Whoever has ears, let him hear. Whoever is willing to take it in, and not just to hear, but to hear, to be changed by the message, to be warned by the message. This morning I have, I usually just have three, but I have six points to, to clarify this. I, I Sorry. 
I know you can just usually handle three, but I'm, I'm pushing you the week after Easter and everything. Six, six points of application, just so I can summarize this morning. First one is this. They all start the same. They all start. The, they, they look the same. OK, so, so you get this picture. Uh, I don't know if any of you have ever spilled seeds, <laughs> spilled seeds. And you get them all, they're kind of like pills, right? You're like, I don't know what this is. I don't know, you know, I kind of, this is from the squash family or this is a, a small tomato seed of some sort. But you have no idea what they are. And this is the picture I want you to tell. Some of us think we know what's going on in someone's life. We know the work of God from the work of the enemy. We, we think that we understand, we can discern. But I want to tell you this. They all start the same. Everything looks the same at the outset. The second point I want to point out to you is this. Uh, they are not the same. They are not the same. And, and the reason I say that, that, that this way, because we look at this world, and some of us like to be in happy world. Happy world. Oh, everybody's nice everybody's doing the same thing. Everyone believes the same thing. It's just a lot of different roads and they'll all lead to somewhere and we're all going to be fine. And, and God's nice. And uh, God doesn't care about what we're doing, what we're thinking, what we're believing, how we're living. God doesn't care about any of it. it we're all the same. We're all the same. And I, I want to tell you, if you believe that, read this passage over again. It says two ways. Weeds and wheat. That's all there are. If you're not wheat, you're weeds. I'm not saying like there aren't other things, crops that are. But in this parable, Jesus made up a story to, to clearly show us that there are two ways. Wheat and weeds. I want you to get that. The, the, the seeds look the same maybe at the outset. I want to tell you. They are not the same. They are not the same. Um, number three, I, I want to tell you this, that the enemy uh, is at work and his desire is to ruin the field by dilution and pollution. Okay? Came up with those on my own. I was real proud of that. Okay? Uh, he wants to uh, dilute and and and... And mess up the whole thing, but also to pollute it. He wants to ruin it. And and when you forget that we have an enemy that's desiring to ruin us, I, I think you're unwise. I, I think you're you're setting down your gun in the midst of the war. You're you're going to sleep and and, and you're not getting that we have an enemy. Uh, and his desire is ruin of the work of Jesus Christ. Uh, number four, um, it's not your job. It's not your job. Uh, some uh, sometimes in the church, uh, we have uh, those who desire and even think maybe that they have some kind of gift of discernment or something like that. That they're smarter theologically than everybody else, and they look at the church and they say. Uh, I don't think they're a Christian. We should get rid of them. Okay? I, I, I want to be clear. 
There are other passages that tell us uh, to proceed with church discipline. When there's blatant sin, we confront it uh, privately, and then we follow up uh, with a larger group, and then there is a time to push out of the church, okay? But it's not our, our, you know, they don't have to walk past you. you. It's not your opinion that matters. In fact, even in the end, he's using the angels. And last time I checked, last time I checked, there are no angels at Bear Valley Church. Not a one. Okay? Sorry to break it to you. It's not your job. It's not your job. It's not your job to decide who, what's going on with everybody else. Um, this is, the Lord hasn't called upon us for that. Number five, this will be sorted out in the end. In the end. Judgment will come. The, the reason I say that is because of what I shared with you before. Some of us think that uh, the uh, Parent blessing of someone's life, that they have health, they have wealth, they have a job, they have kids uh, that are reasonably behaved, and grandkids that write cards, thank you cards, at Christmas time. Uh, sometimes we look at that and we say, uh, God must be at work in their life. Or, or maybe we look at our own life and we say, oh, everything's great because I... I don't really have time for God, but everything seems to be fine. I want to tell you that what Jesus is saying is, this is not what I'm doing for this life, but it is something that I am doing at the end of the age. And you need to know it's coming. Uh, Sometimes we talk about history and we say, yeah, it's always in cycles. It just kind of goes like this and it's always going to go like this. It is not going to go like this. I assure you, it's going to go from here and it's going to have an end going to all be changed. And at that point in time, Jesus promises us that there will be a judgment, that he will take care of these things. And and the last thing I want want to share with you, and I, I just love it in the midst of this difficult passage and these hard words, I want you to say, I want you to see this, that the righteous will shine. The righteous will shine in the Father's kingdom. You say, you know, my, my life has been hard. I, I, I know. I know for some of you it's been foggy for a very long time. It, it's been cold and dreary. It, it, even the, the good days haven't been that good. And you say, why should I keep on? Why? I want to tell you that the shining will not go on so much here as it will in his kingdom. That the destination of those who are followers of Jesus Christ or are part of sons of his kingdom, he describes here, is this that they will shine like the sun in his kingdom forever. We miss it when we think it's all about what happens down here. What happens down here is very little, very little. I want to encourage you. Um, with these things uh, that Jesus is doing his work, that we have an enemy. He wants to do his work as well. And I want to encourage you uh, to seek the one who wants to make you all that he wants you to be. The wheat, that, that, that which is profitable for him. 
And then after this life is through, at the harvest time, guess what? We will shine with him and his kingdom forever. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for your word. Uh, God, I ask that even as we went through it this morning, Lord, that you would clarify in our hearts, uh, to our minds, and where, first of all, where we are and how your word is applying to us. Where we sit and the enemy's doing his work in us. Lord, I ask that you would do the work of redemption in us. You would save us. God, I pray for your church here uh, that you would guard us from taking the job of the angels. Uh, that you would guard us from taking matters into our own hands. But God, may you do your work in your church that we would grow to be the people you desire us to be. Glorify yourself in your church this morning. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.